The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome to The Real Money Show. My name is Jeremy Wiseman. I'm Vice President of Guildhall Wealth. Joining me today is Darren Long. He is Vice President of Sales here at Guildhall, and this is The Real Money Show brought to you by Guildhall Wealth, the website guildhallwealth.com, the phone number one eight seven seven eight silver Darren, you doing well? I had a good week off, Jeremy, and a chance to recharge. As you know, it's been, well, we've been inundated since the onset of uh, change and the way things work. I don't want to use the words today because I'm sick of them, but uh, that being said, uh, since we've had this difference in the way people do their day-to-day, it has been an uh, exciting time for Guildhall and one which we are cherishing because the growth of a book like ours with the clientele that we have, uh, anyone in the world would be grateful to have such a wonderful group of clients. We're getting it in uh, what has arguably been the busiest period couple of quarters that we've ever experienced since opening. So this has been fantastic. A week off to recharge, and away we go. Gold up 28%, silver up 48%. I, I hear you there. Definitely, um, it's great to see everything busy. It, it it can get fatiguing at times, and it's great that you're able to, to recharge there. So, um, And uh, I think today, you know, we're... Obviously, we're going to talk about the markets, figure out what's going on in the precious metals market, talk about what, what our clients are asking, what prospects are asking, those who are thinking about getting into the market for the first time. Because here we are, Darren, the market has done incredibly well over the last few months since uh, pretty much March. And it's come back a little bit, seems to be in a bit of a pocket right now. And the question is, is where does it go from here? How much higher? You know, does it have a lot of legs for the rest of the year? I think we'll get into that. And ultimately, where is this market headed over over the long term? One of the biggest developments in the last couple of weeks, of course, is that Warren Buffett jumped into the market. Well, a little bit for him, but it's a lot for other people. $500 million into Barrick while he sold off $13 billion in equities, including banks and financials. So this does beg the question, and I'll ask to you, does this mean that Buffett is bullish on gold? And what does this say about the stock market in general? Well, um, you know, it was assumed that back in March, maybe February, that, you know, there wouldn't be uh, a million plus Americans every week losing their job. But this is what's happened. It's changed the outcomes drastically. I think that most people that are in finance and the world of banking and planning and economics and our leaders and the bankers themselves are all trying to stay cautiously optimistic. They point towards a stock market, which is really the last bastion of support they have for their argument, which continues to do all right. Listen, we're not knocking it. It's come back level. We will knock it, of course. But when what is argued to be one of the greatest and most successful investors of all time opens up his heart to a little gold, uh, we then know that the vault lines are starting to crack, that the odd little earthquake is being felt here and there. And it's a, it's a precursor, like it was when he bought silver 
through Berkshire Hathaway back in the late 90s before anybody even thought about it. This is what really successful people do. They get out ahead. And anyone that's doing that right now alongside uh, Warren Buffett, it's like the argument you always made for having or being your own central bank. You don't have to be Warren Buffett to own gold. Well, I do wonder if if part of it is the fact that he could not own physical like he would not jump into the market and actually own physical because he's he's um warren buffett's never talked to us because they think they <laughs> think it's us. cumbersome or they think it's hard to move or that uh, there are challenges put forth by buying so much not the case it's liquid it can be bought and sold on a phone call warren if you're listening right and and ultimately for him there's no dividend so you know fine he he jumps into gold because Barrick has the potential to to do very very well over the next several years as, a blue chip, right? as they're as they as they supply the physical market mm-hmm. speaking of the physical market this is nuts we are still experiencing major issues with supply um hey look uh we'll pat ourselves on the back a little bit we've been able to manage inventories but um we've never seen it like this in terms of the physical supply of the product or lack thereof the lack of product is the result of again the word we're not using on today's show uh, which is obviously changed the way we think about going forward but what it is is the people power was drained for a period of three to four months and during that time it impacted the entire chain of supply right down to the mines themselves and for that to ramp back up jeremy as you well know having been in the industry for as long as we have it was already at the maximum. There was nowhere they could go from there. There wasn't some spigot they could turn on and say, we'll give you more gold, don't worry. Uh, don't worry about silver, we'll give you more. They couldn't. They were already at their maximum. Yeah, and I remember... That got changed. I, I remember in, I don't know, it was January, February, putting a large order through in a registered account for gold, and it was a bit of a struggle to get uh, the wholesaler to be able to guarantee the size uh, required and be able to guarantee that delivery and there was already some management issues on on inventory back then but this continues to be a problem in the market which i think for anyone who's looking at the market today and saying it's reached a peak right or it can't go much higher from here or whatever whatever the the reasoning is cuz you're looking at uh you're looking at charts and whatnot the fact is is if there's no supply and there's still incredible demand which is the other side of it, and we'll talk about that throughout the show, you've got to be saying to yourself, well, the price has to move much, much higher because ultimately you know, the price, mechan- price discovery mechanism is one of supply and demand. There's not a lot that's the same as it was 10 or 12 months ago. We've been through periods of shortness where we've experienced tremendous premiums, burden on people who have to pay, including us who also own gold and silver ourselves, uh, but this one's here to stay. And I predict that there is going to be probably uh, a period of recovery in the mining uh, system, the chain of integrity, the chain of supply, whatever you want to call it, and that it will certainly come back closer to a norm. But because of this new um, uh, surgence of demand for product where people are turning from the paper and saying, what, you're telling me it's not backed by gold, that I don't actually own it? And mm-hmm. we've heard from numerous people who thought they owned gold or thought they owned silver, whether it was a certificate, whether they were playing in the futures market, and don't really 
have access to it, they're coming to us and saying, hey, we actually want to take delivery of this product. We actually want to store it. We actually want to be able to see it, touch it, hold it. And this is blowing the doors off the industry because we're one of the only ones in Canada, if not, if you look at us as a whole, the only company that does things the way we do that. And so even some of the other bigger competitors to us are looking at us and saying, well, what are these guys doing? I mean, you know, they're allowing people into that world, and it's exactly what we want to do. We want it to be a world accessible by every single man and woman that wants to invest, doesn't matter who they are, where they come from, every walk of life. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. And Darren, yes, we offer clients the ability to have direct ownership over their own physical precious metals in registered accounts or over the counter. You can just buy and take direct delivery. Uh, we do have a IROC approved vault. It's an independent vault facility where people would have their products stored for the registered accounts or outside registered accounts. But I want to get back to something that you were just saying earlier, Darren, about the supply of metals getting back to normal. When do you see that as something that would happen? Because for me, I don't think that's a, something that would happen for quite some time. Well, here's what's transpired in a nutshell. The demand that was being put through the paper market, which usually results in a rollover and some sort of settlement in the form of fiat currency or money, mm -hmm. um, that's changed. And earlier this year, it put a tremendous amount of burden on the demands for gold bars themselves. Now, when people are taking delivery, you can imagine if you're a gold buyer and you're listening to the show, you typically don't transact in 100 ounces at a time. You might buy it. In total, you have 100 ounces, but you wouldn't transact in 100-ounce gold bars. It's a very... Not, it's not a usual. It's not a usual thing. You can't just pick that up and use it everywhere. No. So people want smaller portions. Well, they don't want one ounce because one ounce is too much. So what they end up going to are the one kilo bars, and that was the very first part of demand area that got hit hard. And we had clients, of course, because we're transacting kilo bars constantly. We had clients that were ended up having to be patient to get their deliveries, and that's the one area we we haven't really ventured back into. That's the first area that got hit. Those kilo bars, they were covering those 100-ounce contracts in the futures market. Now, when people woke up to that problem, you got a whole new vested interest from bankers, from smaller businesses, from medium-sized businesses, from the Warren Buffets of the world um, that are now coming into the market, and they're looking at this whole idea of what is gold. They're rethinking the strategy. It's no longer just a relic or a thing of the past or a dead asset or something you can't live in or doesn't pay a dividend. It's actually challenging the norms, and people are saying, yeah, I'm comfortable with having a portion of that in my portfolio. It should make up a balance, and I should have a hard asset like that just in case. Uh, but not only is it a hard asset, it's a moneymaker. It's up 28% this year. It's been higher already. This is the perfect time to buy in a pullback, and its counterpart in silver also represents the same fundamental reasons for ownership of insurance in your portfolio, and these things are what Guildhall is best at providing. Yeah, I think that um, you know when I look at our clients and when I'm speaking to our clients on a regular basis, those who have been buying silver under $20 for the last several years, and here we are, silver's into the high 20s with an incredible gain over the last several months, they're not looking to sell. And I think that's another aspect of where the market's headed over the next few years. I don't think they're ready to sell at this price, ultimately. I think, and that's another indicator that the market is slated to move much higher 
if we're sticking on this idea of supply because they're not providing that supply to the market. Darren, I know you have a story to, to share with us in the next segment. I also want to talk about fear in the market and what yeah. that is as a driver for the gold and silver market. This is The Real Money Show brought to you by Guildhall Wealth Management, the website guildhallwealth.com, the phone number one eight seven seven eight silver And remember, if you can't hold it, you don't own it. The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, brought to you by Guildhall Wealth Management. The phone number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. Everything we do here at Guildhall is physical precious metal. So you can go to our e-store, guildhallpreciousmetals.com, and acquire precious metals directly, have them delivered, come to the office uh, by appointment and pick up your product. You can store it in an IROC-approved independent vault facility, which is fully insured. This creates ease of liquidity and makes sure that your product is fully secured. And finally, there's the registered accounts where you can own your own physical precious metals in RSPs, TFSAs, Liras, Lifts, RIFs, even an RESP. And again, it's, you have direct ownership of that. You can even set up an appointment to go to the vault, personally audit your holdings. And it doesn't really get much better than that. It's not a promise. It's not a paper promise. It's actual physical metal that you can go and hold in your hand. Darren, I want to talk about fear in the market. But first, you mentioned that you had a story you wanted to share, an anecdote, if you will. Well, it is an anecdote. It's a story. It's a, it involves a colleague, and it presents as fear for me personally as to the reasons why I am an owner of gold and Ooh, silver. A segue. And it, it, it is definitely a segue. But uh, in a nutshell, uh, when this whole situation occurred, as we well know, many Canadians were forced to take uh, cover and, and accept CERB uh, payments. And that's something that many Canadians needed. They couldn't live without it. I mean, so many live paycheck to paycheck. But there are an abundance of people who are on that list who took it and didn't need it. Mm -hmm. And without reflection on the, the greater good of society or anything of that nature, uh, this happens to be one of those colleagues. And I had heard that he was having a, a tough time. And I had heard through the grapevine that you know he was accepting CERB payments. So I thought, that's great. Fantastic. There's a good good reason to be excited about something that worked for somebody that needed it and lo and behold yesterday we taping the show on friday yesterday uh through a mutual whatsapp group of a bunch of friends um he posted his new cottage that he bought and i didn't know how to respond because i saw pictures of this cottage and i thought okay well that's not cheap turns out it's a seven hundred thousand dollar cottage that him and his wife paid cash for and he's been on serb the whole time right and it's that moment of reflection when you realize that's how skewed the system is right now that you come to some understanding that what's important in my life in terms of the longevity of wealth and what it needs to accomplish for me, for my family, is the reflection it has to take in order to get to that longevity. It's no longer okay to just say, I'll hand it to somebody else and hope they do their best to get me to that retirement phase, to get my right. kids through school. You're saying take it into your own hands. You do. And a bit of that fear is healthy. I think it's like going on stage for the first time and being in front of an audience of a thousand people and having to say a speech or talk to somebody about something. There's fear in your stomach. The, the moment you step on for a big game, there's fear in your stomach. That guides people to make more rational decisions, I think. And a little bit of that fear is good, Jeremy, but 
this marketplace is presenting with a whole different type of fear, fear that can become overwhelming. Well, I think with regard to SERP payments, the people, when, that was, when that was all happening, everyone that I was speaking to was like, great. I mean, if you, can, if you could get it or you're applicable for it, you might as well get it because you're going to pay for this later on. Right. There's no way these free payments aren't – like there's no such thing as a free lunch. Sure. And you're going to pay for this one way or another. How you do that, it's up to you. But yeah, people took advantage of it 100%. And um, I think that the liberal government in that sense, we don't want to get too political here, but um, no. what do they produce? Where is this money coming from? It's from our pockets, you know, the hardworking we're, people. We're, and this and moral imbalance. We'll, we'll put a pin in that because ridiculous. I think as we get into this next subject, we'll, we'll start to illuminate on that. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. So where I want to start with this, Darren, is I saw an article, and, and we've noticed this, is this idea of hoarding cash as companies are going cashless. I'm not the only one. I was pulling ca when when this when when uh, I like to call it CV now. A CV hit. Not just me, but a, a lot of people were pulling money out of the banks. There, there was articles about um, you know Midtown Manhattan. The you know all the cash, all the bank machines were running out of cash. People were were scared. They were pulling money out because they didn't know. There was a fear, a, a legitimate fear that banks could shut down, that there could be bank holidays. And you weren't going to have access to your cash. Well, I received a letter from the bank saying maximum withdraw thirty five hundred. Right. So, which was a very short period of time, only lasted a couple of weeks, yeah. but it scared the life out of me. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So you know, and I'm not the only one. We had clients doing the same thing, um, but ironically, it happened at a time where people, companies, decided we're not taking cash anymore. Right. But there was a, a fear about banks not being able to service you anymore. And I believe that that fear, along with the fear of of the spread of the pandemic, making things go cashless. But at the end of the day, there there was a fear that the banks aren't going to be able to assist you. Now, that has also spread in a way, Darren, to the fear of cheap money. This goes back to the serve payment thing. The fact that I think most people can look around today and say, that serve payment isn't free. It's going to cost me. How, how are we going to pay for that? Well, it's easy. The central bank is going to print a lot of money. We know that that's what the that central banks are doing that all around the world. Mm -hmm. And so that free money is going to cost you. So if you don't have a healthy fear of the loss of your purchasing power, of the cheapness of money, and how money is going to become more and more cheap, right? you need to start thinking about that. But I know that the people that we're speaking to every day, Darren, are, that is a legitimate fear. For for people that are the average everyday people going to and from what, I mean, obviously the nine to five has changed, but are working people, uh, this is probably a time in which they could probably make the argument that not much has changed. In fact, some would say, hey, working from home, not so bad, right? I mean, mm -hmm. I've got an office at home, great. But most people don't. Most people have a situation on their hands whereby they're at home. Um, they're now getting inundated by family, friends who are at home taking from their work day. It's not the most ideal of situations. And I think ultimately, Jeremy, the whole topic of fear is starting to slowly grind in um, to their mentality. But these artificial things like cheap money and uh, seeing real estate booms, even if in the short term, 
give people a false sense of security or safety and say, hey, listen, we could go refinance our mortgage. It's much lower here. Well, sure, great idea. Go, you should be doing it right now. But ultimately, too, they're saying, well, I'm watching the stock market. It's not plummeting. But they're not looking at the amount of businesses that are failing. They're not looking at the communities that are without 10 or 15 businesses now that they had two months ago. And you might say, okay, well, we didn't need six dentistry services in a town of 25,000. I get that. And many people will argue it. But the fact is those are working people who brought taxes to your towns. Mm -hmm. And without that, you're going to see the effects of this much later on when it's too late to respond. Preparation for this is the key. Yeah, I think, you know, just even this idea of, of a serb payment a subsidy mm-hmm. right it's a subsidy and how is the stock market going up well, it's, I mean, it's, it's subsidies it's the last bastion it's, of where money's heading that's it, it it's the repo market that we discussed in 2019 it's that governments are central banks are printing who knows how much money i mean you can see it mm-hmm. it's a ridiculous amount i mean i think the fed's balance sheet went from just under four trillion it's up above seven trillion already that's within just a few months but where's that money going well there it's corporate loans so that even if the even if the even if the interest rates are low the corporate loans can roll over but where does the money for a corporate loan eventually come from it comes from the fed it comes from subsidies from the government because you know when they pass those when they pass the the budgets or whatever to uh, the relief programs the government was getting all that money and then they lend it to the banks and they lever it up and that's a big big subsidy now eventually the subsidy goes away what happens once the airlines stop being subsidized that's a question are they going to is I, I was saying to Paul earlier Darren if i if i worked at an airline and I'm not even working, but the airline's being subsidized. Okay, there's the everyone who works at the airline, every every person who works at a hotel in Vegas, right? From the guy who opens the door, right? The person behind the counter, the per, the bartender, the the dealers. We're just talking Vegas, but I'm saying as a as a tourism thing, right? Are they all going out and buying buying new iPhones? I don't think so. So where is Apple stock going up from? Who's by where is the business that all of this is going up so so gangbusters? I mean I go out listen, I'm going out these days. Okay, let me tell you, I I've been to some restaurants. People aren't going out. I don't know if that's if that comes into our fear fear uh subject here, but even though restaurants are open, people aren't going out as much. Right? There so is that because they can't afford it or is that part of the fear? The fact is is what is pushing this economy higher unless it's government government spending and what happens when that subsidy ends and so you should have a healthy fear that the money being printed is massive and that's I think part of the sea change that we've been seeing in the gold and silver market is that people recognize that and they say how do I protect myself against this what is it what is the market gonna look like in five ten years when airlines are flying are are things gonna be cheaper are they gonna be more expensive well you can see you've been to the grocery store it's way more expensive way more expensive I thought there was a v-shaped recovery and things are way more expensive already forget your serve payments you're gonna pay for that big time and it's gonna come in the form of inflation and you can lower interest rates as much as you want so you can borrow more but eventually you gotta pay for it you gotta pay for the mortgage you deferred right you you don't get a free pass I mean many cases right now what banks are saying is that uh, Canadians roughly 800,000 of them 
Um, and we don't know what amount will defer um, and ultimately give up their houses because of it. I mean, if it's 10%, it's going to be crazy. Uh, if it's 1%, meh, might not be such a bad thing. But we don't know. Yeah. It's a blind area right now. There's a deferral cliff coming. We thought they were going to say extension into January. It looks like they're not. Um, they've reformed part of the social welfare system with Trudeau announcing this week uh, new plans. So the transition from CERB to EI and Again, much more stringent rules. So here we go. We're going to get our first layer of people who are going to get kicked out of the CERB program, not qualified for the EI program, and be forced to decide what they're doing going forward. Are they keeping their house? Are they going to maintain their lifestyle? How are they going to do it? Are they going to do it with their savings? There are no savings. We're down to uh, a ridiculously low single-digit percentage of savings uh, in terms of disposable income. And Canadians are not as good uh, at being aggressive with their wealth as other countries so being passive in the few in the past that's gotten us very little uh, so ultimately heading forward the next 12 months are going to be precarious months if you are in a position to own gold and silver this is a great way of ensuring your wealth i don't care what anyone tells you i don't care what anyone says about uh, the negatives the pros the cons you can weigh them for yourself you don't need other experts you can look at this from your own perspective look at the data look at the last 20 years of gold and silver prices and make a logical educated decision and i guarantee you every time you're going to come to the same one if it's not for you you'll know somebody who is who does need this if you've already got gold or silver and you've already topped up your account then you'll know somebody else who needs it but this is the time to be protecting your wealth Jeremy for sure you know Darren we've been talking about fear of cheap money fear of the financial system let's talk about those who are fearful of gold in the next segment the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com remember if you can't hold it you don't own it you're listening on global news radio 640 Toronto the following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the website guildhallwealth.com, the phone number one eight seven seven eight silver Remember, everything at Guildhall is physical. And one of the things that we're proud of, Darren, is that we've been able to provide the physical market with very few having delays, maybe on some, some larger, like much larger orders. But if anyone goes to our website, one thing they would notice is that there's not a lot of products up there, that we don't put products up there if they're out of stock. I've noticed on a couple of different sites where they'll say they're out of stock and delivery in, in a couple of weeks, mm -hmm. but I'm not sure, uh, I'm not pointing fingers, but I'm not sure if that's a guarantee. You know, it, just because it says, you know, delivery in 12 days doesn't necessarily mean that. Well, I would encourage people to, to do their research, contact them and say, listen, I need to know when I'm going to get this product. A client yesterday asked on a side note quickly. Can you match this price? Said, where are you getting it from? Said, this is where I'm getting it from. It's a bank. We won't name the bank, um, but you'll know it. And this is a good price. I said, yeah, that is a good price. Okay, let's just make sure they have the product. So they went through the process all the way to the doorstep where they talked to an individual, and the individual says, okay, six to eight weeks delivery. It's like, it's in my office right now. Right. Sure, six to eight weeks delivery. You can say anything you want. Yeah. Absolutely, right? And, of course, there are some products you're going to have to wait six to eight weeks for. You, know, mm -hmm. you might call up and you might want something that we don't have that you might ask for. But ultimately, you're right, Jeremy. Why put on your site what you don't have? We put up what we have and that's it. 
Yeah, and you know, I want to talk about one other thing before we move on and talk about those who might be scared of gold right now and scared of gold rising is product types and condition. Um, it's We are in a market where a 100-ounce bar of silver is a 100-ounce bar of silver. And this isn't a jewelry store where everything is perfectly shiny. It's a market where... You know, if you bury a, an ounce of gold for thousands of years and pull it out of the ground, it's still worth one ounce of gold. So it's a trader's market. So what would you say to someone who has an expectation of, of, you know, that when they get the product that it's that it be pristine? Is this a market where that should be an expectation? Well, Jeremy, the simple answer is it doesn't matter one absolute bit at all. Product is product is product. If you're going to some dealer that's telling you the quality of that 100-ounce silver bar matters and if you have nicks in it, it's going to be worth less, the only way a bar could be valued less than what it's worth is if it's missing a chunk or if you dropped it on the floor and it broke or if you decided to bend the bar in half and lost a piece of it. Otherwise, or open a package. You know, if, if you tear open a vacuum-sealed package, sure, obviously that piece of gold is now outside of that package. It carries its most maximum value inside the vacuum-sealed package with its contents intact. But that being said, if a piece of gold happens to turn slightly different color, which doesn't happen too frequently with gold, silver, with yeah. silver, the tarnish, I mean, we could care less. If you bring us back a 100-ounce bar that you bought in 2003 from us and said, hey, I want to sell these, and they're marked up, and they've got nicks in them and scratches, and you've carved your initials into them, I don't care. Could care less. They're just going to buff them out when it gets back to wherever it's going, or the next buyer just doesn't care. I'm yeah. not encouraging people to go out and take their bars and nick them and put their names and initials in them and things like that. What I'm saying is, succinctly, it doesn't matter. The value is going to be the same. So do not worry if you buy a bar and it says 2015, 2005, or 2020. It's all the same. Yeah, and, and while we're not in the sort of trading business, if you will, right. Um, what we are in the businesses of is, you know, we've got, we do have a book. We have clients who maybe they bought hundred ounce bars of silver five years ago, and it's been in the vault for five years and they decided to sell it. It's only been with one person for five years. And then we might bring that into our inventory to sell direct to the direct to the public. At least we know where it's coming from, but we're not depending on product coming back to be able to resell it. Now, when you buy product from a wholesaler, you're not guaranteed brand new product every single day. It just doesn't work like that. There's not enough new product coming to the market to satisfy demand. You need not recycled product per se, but older product makes its way in. So, um, but at the end of the day, it's all worth the same. The number one eight seven seven eight silver. The website guildhallwealth.com. Darren, I want to move into this topic. Another topic on fear. Um, in this case, we've discussed the idea of the fear of banks closing down, the fear of cheap money, um, the fear of uh, the pandemic and going cashless. Um, but fear of cheap money was a big one. Now, the other aspect is the fear of the gold price rising. And that kind of comes back to this idea that for a long time, central banks wanted the price of gold low because it would keep the strong dollar policy of the U.S. up. And that was really the conspiracy theory in the market for decades. That one of the reasons, the only way that the U.S. dollar stays strong and the illusion works that the fiat currency and has value and that the emperor has clothes is if gold as a barometer 
doesn't rise. But that is now being challenged in a very big way. Well, in fact, if you look at the greater number of, of people that are claiming to be owners of physical gold, they are challenging that norm. And it's larger than it's ever been, and it's growing, and it's going to continue to grow. And yes, throughout this entire time that we've been open, the things that we've studied, looked at, uh, discussed with other investors and other analysts that have been on our show have always related to the same argument, that gold is the antithesis of the U.S. dollar. A high gold price is reflected is reflective of a weak dollar is reflective of a weaker economy is reflective of problem change uncertainty and throughout history you'll notice that that has been the case 100 percent and there's no reason to think that that won't be the case now except for jeremy this new surgence of people wanting the physical asset which is completely different than what we experienced in the past brings a new level of uncertainty to the dollar backers and i think they're starting to lose the battle yeah, I think, look, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the market coming down, a billion plus ounces of paper silver being thrown at the market, which is more than a year's worth of production, close to two years worth of production. You know there's no physical mar product out there that, that's actually being thrown into the market like that. So that's a much larger entity that's being allowed to do that. In the meantime, banks are starting to suffer the consequences of these type of actions, and the regulators are going after low-hanging fruit if you will let's discuss that in the next segment and what that means for the price of gold and silver moving forward the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com this is the real money show brought to you by guildhall wealth if you can't hold it you don't own it and you're listening on global news radio 640 toronto the following is a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, brought to you by Guildhall Wealth Management. The phone number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. Darren, we've been talking about different angles of fear throughout the show today. And uh, last segment, we were talking about the central bank being concerned about gold's rise because ultimately it unmasks the fiat money conspiracy of just the fact that it's not worth anything and people are starting to realize that and so they're jumping into gold and when they found out that there was no gold and it was all just paper that that really started to push the market even higher so i think it's a double whammy against um against the market and a double whammy of we're just trying to protect our fiat currency and we're trying to rob you of your purchasing power by creating inflation and low interest rates and money printing is an incredible recipe for inflation down the road now that's a big big picture thing yet the CFTC has been going after the low-hanging fruit um, the, an article came out this week about uh, the Bank of Nova Scotia Okay, they paid 127 million in fines for spoofing, right? So they had a few guys, a few guys who got busted spoofing in the market, right? That's 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 nothing. That is uh, the pittance is it, dropping it, the bucket. It's, it's kids' play compared to what's actually going on. What it speaks to, in my mind, the fact that 
uh, you know, the fact that a financial institution gets busted, they pay their fines, they've cl had to close down the business. So you know it's bigger than just a few spoofers. Sure. Um, it's a 100-plus-year-old business as well. Right. But it speaks to the culture. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it's not just Bank of Nova Scotia that's been busted for these few traders being rogue and spoofing, but they're just one in... in many banks doing this or several big banks doing this they're also um they're also helping the regulators with this so you know more is going to come out about this through the department of justice but again these are low-hanging fruit this is child's play um this just speaks to the culture of trying to manipulate the market which i really truly believe darren that march was the last stand in this industry we've always talked about the fact that there is a limited amount of physical and an unlimited amount of paper and that cover has been completely lifted and now everyone can see in plain view what the real supply looks like and what the demand looks like and given the amount of money that's being created out of thin air or I should say currency being printed out of thin air should be a current concern for anyone who has any level of cash in a in a bank account what do you think well I would say first off if you're an investor and you've ever tried the futures market and you bought a silver contract for 5,000 ounces or a gold contract for 100 ounces and you've actually taken delivery contact us. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to actually meet somebody for the first time who's actually taking physical delivery. And again, this could span over the last two decades. Anyone who's ever taken actual delivery from a comics traded futures contract in gold or silver. I'd love to meet you on a side note. Uh, that being said, Jeremy, this is a moment in time we will not forget. This is a historical change. It is a cultural change within the gold and silver industry itself, the way we think about it. And uh, it's a realization that things weren't the way they seemed. And the sheer abundance of data that supports all of these claims coming forward of spoofing, of manipulation, of banks getting away with uh, trying to manipulate pricing in gold and silver, this has been with us since day one. All markets, to some extent, have some type of manipulation that has been alleged here and there everywhere. I mean, you look no further than the stock market and all the busts that there have been. But the difference is, Jeremy, typically pricing has been manipulated higher. In the case of gold and silver, for years, maybe even decades, the price was arguably and allegedly manipulated lower. So like a slingshot, this has been held back for so long. And now people are realizing not only is the price going much, much higher, now I've started to even accept the reality that gold could touch 10,000 an ounce. It started to actually trickle in where before I was like, that's, that's really, really, that's, that's way ahead of ourselves. Yeah, well, I think that that's a good, good uh, thing to talk about right here because I was reading this article uh, from the Mises in in Institute and they were kind of discussing that, saying that, you know, it's, it's unfair to, to measure gold in a fiat currency especially one that is has no value mm. uh, ultimately and so it's important to value the the price of gold or rather what gold buys you right mm -hmm. how many ounces of gold for a piece of property how many ounces of gold to buy a car so you can kind of just get a sense of what the value of gold is versus you know other types of assets out there another one is is the dow right if the dow is trading at 10,000 points and gold's at $10,000 an ounce that's a one-to-one -one ratio you know gold is is uh, its purchasing power is no longer undervalued 
So I, I think that that's why, because I've heard you talk about that in the past, this idea of, well, I don't want to know what the world looks like with $10,000 gold. And I think that's probably part of it, right? Because that it means an, an age me. where you don't know what the value of the currency is, period. Without currencies, it's hard to imagine that world. We talk about it, and you can relate to it in the sense that it's a it's a, a point of discussion. We can say, yes, having gold means barter. It means being able to survive. It means all these things that are kind of crazy and kind of lunatic, and people will point to the reason why we call people gold bugs and things of that nature. But the truth is, Jeremy, that as this progresses higher, once upon a time, a person could never, ever fathom a cup of coffee being $4. Yeah. $3, right? Because a nickel to 3 or $4 seemed like, well, that's crazy. How could that be? A person that was getting a flight from Toronto to New York couldn't fathom the idea that in rush times that might cost 800 bucks, 900 bucks when they were paying a buck 50, 150 bucks. And in all millions of examples like this, a house costing 300,000 and then telling that person in 15 years that's going to cost you 2 million. And like, yeah, no, it's not. That's great. I'd love it if it is, but it's not. And lo and behold, we're there. Yeah. Uh, so these things slowly over time start to change. But the beauty of this is that being open since 2002, we've been able to keep track of all this. And what was once telling a person and talking to a person about gold going to 2000 is now a discussion about gold possibly going to ten thousand dollars yeah and i think the the recent drops in the market is a great way to shake out some weak hands it offers some opportunities for bargain hunters i think we're far from this market being of value we think we continue to see it undervalued i want to leave today's show with a bit of a quote from that uh, von mises uh, sorry that uh, uh, mises institute article at the end it said regardless argue ignore or deny it the golden rule he who hath the gold rules is as true now as it has ever been the problem arises when that being of real value is supplanted by illusion, and that is only the illusion we have seen since 1971 when Nixon lifted the gold standard. Fifty years on, reality has yet to play out, but that which is of real value will always trump fakery in the long run, regardless of what paper traders and central bankers say. So I think, Darren, that's a great way to end. It just goes, we want the real thing. We want to have it in our hands. And I want to thank you for joining us today. It's uh, always a pleasure to catch up and talk with you about these markets. And uh, I hope the listeners have enjoyed it this week. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. Give us a call. We're happy to discuss the markets and help you get involved in the physical thing. And we look forward to speaking with you next week on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.